Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Last Saturday was Swap Day in our little town on Cape Cod. The idea was to get your spring cleaning well underway, haul everything down your narrow dirt road to the nearest intersection with a paved road, arrange it in an appealing pile, and then drive around town looking for new treasure to fill up the empty space. I missed the excitement, but driving by, I did note that people were grim as they unloaded and gleeful as they loaded back up. Also, anecdotally, there was a lot more loading up than unloading going on. Referring to decluttering rock star Mari Kondo, Reverend Amanda Papiai, who serves one of our congregations in Washington, D.C., writes, All around me, people are asking what sparks joy in their lives. I love the approach, and I can't possibly utilize it in my own house. I live with two elementary-aged children, and their bar for hanging on to something is not, does this spark joy, but rather, is it shiny? Living with magpies, she continues, hoarders of the shiny and sparkly, has its advantages. I never have to face a day without glitter. But as someone who likes clean surfaces, it's hard for me not to throw away things when my children aren't looking. Surely they won't remember the rock they picked up four months ago on the way home from school. Sigh. They always do. So I've learned to ask, are you ready to let go of this? I like the question because it assumes they'll be ready someday. They like it because it doesn't assume that day is now. Isn't that always the way, Amanda Poppy concludes, we're holding on to all kinds of things in our lives that no longer spark joy. I'm willing myself to be patient waiting until the moment is right to say goodbye to that old rock. There will be more space on the dresser for something new and glittery or just for the smooth surface of possibility. This is a sermon about letting go. And this is Tennessee poet Wyatt Prunty. Learning the bicycle. The older children pedal past, stable as little gyros spinning hard to supper, bath, and bed, until at last we also quit, silent and tired beside the darkening yard where trees now shadow up instead of shadow down. Their predictable lengths can only tease her As head lowered, she walks her bike alone, somewhere between her wanting to ride and her certainty that she will always fall. Tomorrow, though, 
I will run behind. Arms out to catch her, she'll tilt, then balance wide of my reach till distance makes her small, smaller. Beyond the place I stop and know that to teach her, I had to follow. And when she learned, I had to let go. Thanks to my retired colleague and friend, Jane Jepka, who many years ago spotted this one paragraph newspaper article that instantly became my very favorite example of letting go. I might say, perfect letting go. A train pulls into Grand Central Station during the morning rush hour. A woman gets off and realizes she's holding only one of her leather gloves. She looks back and spots the matching one on the seat, too late. As the doors close, with a cavalier shrug, she flings her arm and tosses her glove onto the seat alongside its mate. The train pulls away. Who among us has the capacity for that ease of letting go. I love the image of her flinging arm. Maybe we could walk around practicing like baseball pitchers, imagining that we too are letting go. Speaking of baseball, you can't steal home with a foot on third. 23-year-old country music songwriter Don Schlitz penned The Gambler, and in 1978, Kenny Rogers recorded what would become his signature song, a crossover hit that won him a Grammy, and in 2018, was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry. At the top of the pandemic in March of 2020, Kenny, then 81, died of natural causes. I put on his song, turned it up, and sang it over and over. In the song, the down-on-his-luck narrator is riding a train and meets a gambler who, in exchange for whiskey and a cigarette, tells him his secret to winning. He's talking about cards and so much more. The chorus says, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, Know when to walk away, know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. And then the gambler says one more thing. Now every gambler knows the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. This is a piece of advice that's easy to miss if you're waiting for the chorus to come around again. The secret is knowing what to throw away and what to keep. Maybe it's shiny, maybe it's a rock, but does it spark joy? And does it serve you? We are the sum of the ways we hold on and the ways we let go. Reverend Meg Barnhouse, who serves our congregation in Austin, Texas, tells this story of the first time she was in a canoe. 
A friend and I decided to take a canoe out on a lake. We slid it into the water. She hopped in. I kept one foot on the ladder at the dock and put one foot into the canoe, holding on to the dock like a sensible person. I rocked the boat hard. The canoe tipped over, threw her out, filled with water, and sank to the bottom. She pulled herself back up onto the dock, dripping. I was still holding on to the ladder. From this, I learned that there are some situations in life where it is dumb to be cautious. You just have to let go, put your whole self in instead of hedging your bets. The trick is to figure out when you're in that situation. The second and only other time Meg Barnhouse was in a canoe, this time she'd actually made it all the way in, she almost ran aground. The water was so shallow, she says, that I couldn't get much pressure with the paddle. It kept slipping through the water or knocking against the rocks on the bottom. Try paddling faster, instructors shouted upstream to her. I stepped it up, Meg says. The canoe maybe moved a foot. I come from a culture that believes in trying hard. I was taught that success is 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. And it's true, of course, except when it's not. I paddled fast and furious on that drought-stricken stretch of river until I noticed the instructors laughing. You can get out and just walk it down here to where the water's deeper, they shouted. Oh. Sometimes we try too hard or in the wrong way. We poke at things too much, take on things that aren't ours, take over when we're not supposed to. Meg Barnhouse concludes, I'm going to plan not to try so hard in water that's too shallow. I know someone who says that everything he ever let go of has claw marks in it. Is that who we want to be? What would it mean to practice wholeheartedness and open-handedness? This congregation knows a lot about generosity. We are joyful givers, and we get a lot of practice engaging our whole hearts and opening our hands. But maybe giving money is easier than, say, letting go and giving trust or love or forgiveness. This is Let Go by Reverend Lo Van Leer, who serves our congregation in Eugene, Oregon. Let go of all that binds you, of all that burdens you, of what you carry, of all that shames you, of fear, of trespasses and transgressions, of woundedness. Let go of guilt. Let go of anger. Let go of small-mindedness and pettiness, of ways of being that no longer work for you, of compulsions that consume your living. Let go of what you cannot change. Let go of regret, of that which haunts you. Let go of pain. Let go of ways in which you missed the mark. Let go. Oh, easier said than done. But it's clear we're going to have to make our way there if we're going to be joyful, if we're going to be 
free. Is it that we don't let go of people who are not good for us and experiences that are almost too painful to recall because that would sever our last tie and end it all? Who would we be without this burden of woundedness? Someone I know called it the economy of grudge bearing. Even a grudge is a way to stay connected. Psychotherapist and author David Richo writes, when you begin to let go, try letting go a little more. The secret is knowing what to throw away and what to keep. Maybe it's shiny. Maybe it's a rock. But does it spark joy? And does it serve you? We are the sum of the ways we hold on and the ways we let go. I want to tell you one more story from one more colleague, itinerant interim minister Mark Worth. He writes, my father was born on the Cornish coast of southwestern England in 1906. His hometown was a little fishing village in Cornwall called Mausel. It's spelled mouse hole, but the natives pronounce it Mausel. When my dad was eight years old, he found a sixpence and being a good boy, took it home to his mother. She took the sixpence to the blacksmith and bought a hoop. You've probably seen pictures of hoop rolling or hoop trundling. A child would push their hoop along with a stick and it would roll out in front of them. One photo of this on the internet says, if you remember this, you're probably already dead. Dad was very pleased with his new hoop, Mark continues, and he took it down to the harbor to show the other boys. After a while, one of them said, let's go across the harbor to my uncle's fishing boat. So they all piled into his rowboat, and my dad took his new hoop. When they reached the larger boat, the rowboat slipped away, and Dad fell in. He was still holding on to his new present, the metal hoop. It was heavy, and it was pulling him down to the bottom of the harbor. He wanted to swim back up to the surface, but he couldn't let go of his hoop. He loved it, but it was drowning him. He was lucky. Someone yelled, man overboard. Dad was proud to learn later that they had called man overboard for a little boy like him. One of the older boys jumped in and pulled him out, still with the hoop in his hand, and carried him home to his mother. Years later, my parents and I took a trip to England, to Mosul. One day, my father and I took a walk, and Dad became confused at a fork in the road. Luckily, a man came down the lane toward us, and we asked him directions. My dad told him, I was born here. I lived here before the First World War. They talked, and the man said, wait, you aren't Larry Worth, are you? And my father said, Larry's my older brother. I'm Freddie Worth. I had never heard my, my father call himself Freddy. To me, he had always been Fred. But he was home, and he was little Freddy again. And then an amazing thing happened. The man said, why then? You're the little boy I pulled out of the harbor from beneath the boat. Mark Worth says, this was the man who had saved my father from drowning when he wouldn't let go. He had saved a life and made our family possible.
when we let go, the life we save may be our own. Beloved spiritual companions, may we practice knowing what to throw away and what to keep and seek out the smooth surface of possibility. May we let go of all that binds and burdens us, practice wholeheartedness and open-handedness, fling the glove, and whatever else doesn't serve us anymore, let go of what weighs us down so that we may rise. Ask, does it spark joy? And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. May we practice knowing what to throw away and what to keep and seek out the smooth surface of possibility. May we let go of all that binds and burdens us, practice wholeheartedness and open-handedness, fling the glove and whatever else doesn't serve us anymore. Let go of what weighs us down so that we may rise. Ask, does it spark joy? Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and carry it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.